0: This morning's passage is from Luke 8, as you've just heard, verses 22 to 25. One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Well, I remember... Being in a, a situation where I was literally in, in, in a storm. Here's a, an image here uh, of Rembrandt's Carmen of the Storm at Portobello Beach. Um, it's not really a Portobello. But I remember feeling like this. I remember being in a moment where everything was kind of crashing around me, where waves of grief was kind of smashing over me. I felt a little bit like I was in a washing machine that was just caught up going round and round and round and round. We were living in London at the time, and uh, we had two children under the age of three. I hadn't long lost my dad, so I was in a whole world of pain with grief. We'd just planted a church in central London, and I was aware that I was grieving in public. So I would stand at the front of church, and I'd be in a whole sea of tears, and I was aware of all the eyes that were on my back. as this young congregation checking out church, some of them thinking, this is my last chance, if this doesn't work, I'm done with church. And they're watching me. How do you grieve in public? What, how do you lose a parent? How do you parent? How how do you do life? How do you do marriage? And the weight of grieving publicly and and the privilege of grieving publicly as well. But I was caught up in this storm. My life was a, a, a rocky, turbulent sea at the time, and I remember. Getting to the point where it was just so much for me that I, I found myself on the landing floor, silently screaming out as I looked at the ceiling with my arms in the air, I was like, God, where are you? God, where are you? And of course, in retrospect, asking that question, God, where are you? is a little bit like asking, where is the fringe? Whilst you're standing in the Royal Mile in August, it's like, well, the fringe is kind of everywhere. The fringe is all around. And often in retrospect, when I think about that time, God, where are you? God was all around. God was literally everywhere. God was in the arms of Katie as she held me and, and we held our family. God was in the comfort and care from my family. He was in the support of my friends. He was in the amazing community of the church as the church community held us. God was literally all around. And here in the, in the passage, in the text that Julia wrote out for us, we see the disciples in a storm. And they're asking the same question. God where are you really for me the heart of this message and in the situation that they're in they basically want to know God are you there and do you care God are you there and do you care let's look at this text we see that actually Jesus has asked them to go out over the shore I mean, it's actually, it's not a sea, it was actually a lake, it was a massive lake. But Jesus has said to them, hey, let's get in a boat and let's go to the other side of the shore. Now, it's maybe just me, but I imagine them thinking, when the storm started kicking off, They could have been like, like, Jesus, wasn't this your idea? Like, didn't you tell us to get in the boat? Didn't you tell us to go to the other side? Like, aren't you the all all seeing all-powerful, all-knowing God? Didn't you anticipate that there was going to be a storm? Didn't you know that this was going to be hard? Why did you put us in a boat and send us on this journey to the other side, knowing that a storm was going to kick off? Jesus, this was your idea. We see that Jesus is absolutely Exhausted. He's been involved in ministry, he's been doing some amazing stuff. But Jesus is so tired, he's so exhausted that he's fallen asleep and the storm itself doesn't even wake him up. It's interesting when you look at all the different Gospels and you look at Luke, Luke tends to write with more detail. And Luke has this little line where it says, Jesus was asleep in the boat with his head on a pillow. And I kind of fig- figured out, it's kind of like, oh, Jesus, like, it's, it's all right for you. Like, it's all kicking off for you. But you're asleep and your head's on a pillow. You're very comfortable in this position, aren't you? You're here and it's all kicking off and it's raging. Like, can you sleep? How can you sleep? During this, the disciples are scared. They're petrified. The storm breaks out. And as if this wasn't scary enough for the disciples When you understand their culture at their time. Because sea or water, it could represent chaos for them. Images of darkness that covered the earth. Water that covered the earth. Darkness covered the earth. It represented uh, chaos. Something that couldn't be controlled. Something that would rage storms and water. They'd grow up hearing stories of floods that flooded the land they would often have live, uh, livestock and they would have fields and so on and floods would just ruin that. So they feared water. But more than this as well, they would fear chaos monsters. This is Leviathan here found in Job 3 and uh, Psalm 74. But they had this Jewish Near Eastern people in biblical times had this understanding or this thought or they'd heard stories of, of, of monsters that lived in the water that raged war against each other. These chaos monsters that caused chaos that would thrash around and cause all sorts of trouble and so on. And they feared these things. This was kind of part of their heritage. This was part of the stories that they'd heard. And suddenly, they're in in the boat, and it's kicking off, and the water's raging, and the water's on the boat, and they're feared that they're going to drown. And it's like, is this Leviathan? Is this the chaos monsters that's going on? How are we going to survive this storm? And yet, Jesus is with them, is with them throughout all of this. Now, of course, storms come in many different disguises, don't they? It's not always a physical storm, it's not always involving water. It might be. It's not always involving an aeroplane and it's shaking and there's turbulence. But sometimes the storm's within. Sometimes our situation can seem fine around us, but actually there's a storm raging on inside, and it's all kicking off inside. We know that at any given point, if we were to ask people, say, hey, where are you at this moment? For some people, and for many, it'd be like, life is plain sailing, pretty sweet. Job's good, family's good, friend's good, yeah, it's kind of still waters, it's calm, For others, it might be like, I'm in an absolute storm. I'm being battered. I'm like in the washing machine. (laughs) It's going round. For others, it's like, wow, that was hard. I've just come through a storm, and it's been pretty horrific. But I'm at the other, other end now. I'm at the other side of the shore. For others, it might be, well, you don't know what tomorrow looks like because I've got to go into work, and the people that I work with or the situation that I'm in at work, it feels pretty much like a storm, and you're anticipating something stormy in your lives we all at different points I'm sure but we know what it's like to be in a storm emotionally physically mentally and spiritually the church that Katie and I uh, were working based in in New Zealand in Auckland they produced this book St Paul's stories it was a book made up of people from within the congregation so they basically said to the congregation hey tell us your story Tell us stories of salvation. Tell us stories of faith, coming back to faith, coming alive in your faith. Tell us some of the difficult situations that you've been in. Tell us about where Jesus was in all of that. So they produced this book called The Stories Book. They had 300 stories in it. It was like a coffee table book that they could put out and people could read and so on. And there's one particular story that uh, came to mind when I was writing this talk. And this is a story of a lovely family in New Zealand, a Kiwi uh, family. And this family had uh, young children, uh, really sweet, really involved in the church, and so on. And they were out on holiday, and I think they were at the Bay of Islands or the Bay of Plenty. But anyway, they were on this little small yacht, gorgeous sort of setting. Picture the scene, and they were just kind of like mooring, sort of like bobbing around on this little yacht. And everything was nice, perfect scenery, perfect still water. All was well with the world. But then their youngest daughter suffered a cardiac arrest, and their daughter fell off the boat and into the sea. The dad jumped in to uh, get the daughter, picked the daughter out of the water, managed to get the, boat, the daughter onto the yacht, onto the boat, but her heart had stopped. And suddenly, whilst all is calm and everything's fine around them, right where they are, there's a storm kicking off, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, like a heart has stopped. And none of them on the boat were prepared for it. None of them knew how to do CPR. None of them were trained. They were just kind of ill-prepared for the situation. It was like, what on earth do we do? And similar to me, at the beginning of the story, they cried out, God, where are you? God, where are you? Do you know what's kicking off? And they prayed and they screamed and so on. Miraculously... The, the beach where they'd just kind of come from, which wasn't that far, there was only 20 people on the beach, It's a secluded beach, and out of the 20 people that were on the beach, one of them was a trained nurse in emergency situations, she was a trained emergency nurse, and she swam out from the beach all the way to the yacht, climbed on the, on the boat and kept the girl alive. Now suddenly, the situation changes because the storm's still kicking off. It's still a horrific, horrible nightmare of what's going on. But somebody's walked into the room. Somebody's on the boat. Somebody who's trained. Somebody who knows what to do. Somebody who's not panicking. Somebody who knows exactly what to do in this situation. We've all been in moments, haven't we, where we have kind of like, you're in a room, you're in a conversation. I don't quite know what to do. And then suddenly, someone walks into the room and they're like, ah, yeah, this person knows. This person invented it. This person wrote the book. This person is significant. They're going to know the answers. They walk into the room and it's a game changer. This nurse on the board is a game changer. What happened was the local fire station heard of it and they drove a defibula- defibrillator uh, machine over the, the mountain and brought it out and uh, they kept the little girl. They restarted her heart. They kept the girl alive until a helicopter came. Helicopter took the girl away and the girl lived. Now, as a family, these families are on an absolute mission to get more defibrillator machines out across Auckland and and further afield. They're on like an absolute mission to do it. Now, in our story, we see that Jesus is on the boat. Jesus is on the boat. A significant person is on the boat. Now, Jesus isn't a trained sailor. He's not a trained sailor. Fisherman is not a weatherman, he's not a marine biologist, but it's someone more experienced and equipped than that. He's the one that when you call out to, he is. He's the one who is with you. He is the maker of all things and is on their boat. He's the way maker, miracle maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That's the God who's on the boat. He's the creator of all things, the maker of matter, the designer of DNA, the creator of creatures including us. And he's on their boat. The one who separated the water from the land, who was there at the beginning, the one who carved it out, the one who brings order out of chaos is on the boat. And it's true for us, the maker of your mind, the creator of your heart, the giver of your emotions, the captain of your ship is on board, is with you. You're not alone. As we look at our strategy uh, that Dave mentioned a a little earlier before, he basically was saying that we're looking at what we feel God is calling us to do over the next five years. And for some of us, we might be like, well, that's quite a big sort of thing. I mean, are you sure that you want to set up a wholeness center? Like, that's quite a big undertaking. Are you sure that you're going to be a leading voice in caring for creation? Are you sure you want to develop what is already happening with the Saturday meal? Are you sure you're going to deepen your influence? And what does that look like for some? It might seem like a white-knuckle ride of like, are you sure you're going to v- journey on that? You're going to venture out on that? But the reality is, if Jesus is on the boat, and we believe that he is, we need not fear. If Jesus is leading us and nudging us toward this, and, and some of it we hold it lightly, but we believe Jesus is with us. He is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's building his church. And if he is with us, as we believe he is, we need not Fear. Let's see what happens here. We see that Jesus speaks peace in the storm. It's all kicking off, and Jesus speaks to him. It's amazing that the wind and the waves still know his name, still know his name, and he's speaking to them. He calms the storm in the passage. And I think this passage really is about Jesus revealing his identity. In the text in verse 25, they ask one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Even creation is obeying him. Jesus is showing them that the very thing that they think can't be controlled because it's uncontrollable. Who can control the waves and the water and the chaos of that? The thing that you think can't be controlled can be by me. I can control it. I'm the Lord over the elements. I'm the Lord over the water. The same God who separated the seas in creation, the same God who split the Red Sea from their ancestors, is now ordering the water. And it's responding to Him. It's obeying Him. Now we know that um, life isn't always plain sailing. And even if you're a Christian, there's no guarantees that life. Is going to be fine and perfect and sweet Jesus never said that he never said you know when your Christian life's gonna be easy but he did say he's gonna be with you he did say I am with you to the end I'm with you it's in my name I'm Emmanuel I'm with you Jesus is with you at the time it's interesting that the disciples followed Jesus and they were with Jesus but the storm still happened like it was still kicking off even though they were with Jesus Again, verse 23, the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Master, master, we're going to drown. In this passage, Jesus does speak peace to the storm. And the storm responds, and yet at the same time, he's there with them whilst the storm rages on. So he speaks to the storm, But he also speaks to them as well. And sometimes what I've experienced is that things still kick off. Storms still happen. Life still gets harder. And the situation is slow to change. But sometimes it's actually the storm within that Jesus speaks to. And he's like, whilst it's kicking off, I'll speak peace to you. And it'll be a peace that goes beyond your understanding. It doesn't make sense because when you look around, things look pretty messy. But you've just got this peace In the middle of it all that i'm on your boat that i'm in your heart that i've got this that i'm with you that i'm with you that i'm with you that i'm with you i'm the rock on which you stand i'm the peace in the storm amazing picture as the waves batter on and rage around but there's this strength This thing that stands strong in the middle of it. We used to sing the song, didn't we? You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. And all through the storm, your love is the anchor. And my hope is in you alone. It's a very present help in times of trouble. Hey, I'm going to invite Duncan Hughes to come up. Let's give Duncan a big round of applause. Duncan's going to come and help me. and stand with me. I'm I'm aware that there's a a slight height difference going on here. Um, It kind of looks like a comedy act of little and large. I'm talking about height, not little and large. Um, No, I'm talking about height. I'm talking about height. I'm aware that I'm vertically challenged. Um, Duncan and I, you know, we're available for kids' parties as a comedy duo and stuff. We double up as a great uh, David and Goliath. Um, But Duncan uh, is a spiritual director. You're a spiritual director, and I'm sure you've heard countless stories of people going through storms, in storms, people pouring their heart out to you in a crisis and so on. But you haven't always been a spiritual director, have you? Just tell us a little bit about what you used to do.
1: Yeah, so I used to be a criminal lawyer, and um, I'd appear every day in court to represent people. Um, I think I went into it because I thought um, I quite enjoyed Rumpel of the Bailey. (laughs) <laughs> and um, the bill uh, but uh, the, the reality was quite different from that and um, it was really really working at the sharp end of society with people with drug addictions and alcohol addictions and um, people really got caught up in difficult situations
0: and as a work sort of workload and so on, it was quite consuming we had a conversation on the phone and you talked about you were kind of at capacity is a very consuming sort of job what did that look like
1: Yeah, so the nature of the job is that criminals don't necessarily commit crimes when um, it's convenient for their lawyers. So it can be in the middle of the night and um, that kind of thing. So um, I would often get called out and be phoned in the middle of the night about various things. I was phoned on Christmas Day one one year Mm. to be called out to the police station. So, yeah yeah
0: and you talk about sort of absorbing that sort of the things, the stories that you must have heard from some of the crimes that were committed, being quite heavy, quite kind of weighing on you and so yeah. on.
1: so um, I think there was a sort of cumulative effect of, of the type of work I was doing, and um, toward, towards the end of uh, my work as a criminal lawyer, I was dealing with like quite a lot of serious cases involving offenses against children, which mm. I found really difficult.
0: yeah. And just describe, because you talked about that almost being like um, a storm or, or a kind of a, a darkness with the weight of everything that you hear, with the busyness of work. What sort of effect did that have on you personally, emotionally and physically?
1: Yeah, so, um, so I, was, I was in partnership with lawyers and obviously lawyers are very nice people generally. And... Um, <laughs> But uh, they like to argue, and being in partnership with a group of people who just like arguing is, can be quite difficult. Mm. So, um, so I found it all very, very wearing. And um, so one February, I got what I thought was flu, and um, I sort of took to bed. I don't know if anybody's had real flu, but it's, it just floors you, so mm. I just assumed that's what it was. Um, and I just I didn't get better, so I was just lying, and I felt as if there was a hand on me just pinning me to the bed. I just couldn't move. I was just lying, flattened.
0: Wow. And that, was that a, a dark sort of time that you, you felt?
1: Yeah, well, I, I went from being kind of very busy and the kind of the centre of things, or so I thought, to just lying completely incapacitated in my bed.
0: Wow. Um, and where was Jesus in the midst of that storm, in the midst of that sort of chaos? Um, where was Jesus in the midst of that?
1: Well, f- from a sort of external point of view, um, the people around me, so Judy... Uh, sort of cared for me and I can still remember her face sort of looking down at me, seeing if I was okay. Um, and other members of my family were amazing and lots of people here actually were really, really helpful and sort of took me out for an airing when I wasn't really very good company. Mm. Um, so, so, so people were great uh, uh, here as well. So that, that's where I really saw the face of Jesus and the people yeah. around me.
0: And that was externally, wasn't it? That was all the stuff. What was going on for you inside?
1: Well, it's quite kind. It's quite kind of hard to put it into words, uh, but I would say that um, it felt like uh, Jesus was kind of coming alive in my heart. <laughs> it was like uh, he was inhabiting me, and I yeah. was inhabiting him. So there was a sense that he was more real than before.
0: Wow. So. Amazing, to know you're doing something completely different, you're yeah. a spiritual director and so on. Let's give Duncan a big round of applause, thank you for sharing that, I really appreciate that. Uh, and a little later on we're going to come and gather around the table, and it's a massive reminder that Jesus is with us, that no matter what we're going through, no matter what life looks like, that Jesus is with us. He comes as close as flesh and blood. He's poured out. He steps into our darkness. He's a very present help in times of trouble. He's the light in the darkness. He's the rock that we stand on. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. If you are in a situation where you feel like maybe you feel like you're the person on that boat and someone's just literally keeping you going, it's you're just like, oh my goodness. We'd love to pray for you. Maybe you're the person that's trying to keep things going and you're like, it's a really difficult situation and I've been drafted in to support them. It really appreciates some prayer. We'd love to pray for you. Maybe it's a stormy time for you at the moment as well. When we receive communion, there'll be an opportunity for us to pray with you and pray for you, that Jesus would speak peace to you, to your heart, and to speak about the situation as well around. Thanks, Dave.